Hi there, and welcome to episode three of Take a Break with Caroline. And Lennis. I'm Caroline Milton. I'm the energy engineer, and I'm the owner of Milton Coaching Collective. We provide individual and corporate services for stress management and burnout prevention. And as you can see, I'm the wellness engineer. I'm Lennis, and I am the founder of the Engineering Wellness Academy, where I help women in STEM let go of the stress, chaos, and burnout cycle in their lives to cultivate more mindful practices so they can have true impact, fulfillment, and happiness that that you deserve. So, yeah. Absolutely. Like, big cheers to that because it's, like, we all need it. We all deserve it, right? Yes, yes. And and definitely uh, is that deserving part that I'm trying to, like, mm-hmm. drill into the women that I work mm-hmm. with and speak to. So, uh, but on this episode, yeah, we're, we're going to share a little bit about my story, but I want to pick up with where we ended in the last uh, episode with Caroline's story because there's something key that she shared and it was when she went to the doctor and the doctor was telling her, right, was telling you, you need to stop. Like you need to find another job. This is not right. And your body is shut down. Like your body stopped. And this, it's so important to get those cues, but we end up waiting for too long until our bodies literally stops. It stops working the way that it should. So uh, a similar thing happened to me in my case. My burnout came, like the critical burnout experience that I had was uh, back in 2012. I had already been dealing with a little bit of, or, or with, with depression and anxiety and was going to therapy, trying to understand like, why was I feeling this way? And a lot of times it was because I had a lot of unprocessed trauma that I didn't um, know that I was carrying with me. That's why I say, you know, we're carrying the the weight of the world on our shoulders on, on the last episode. And this was because I had moved from Venezuela to the U.S. with the intention of just coming here for a year or two to learn English and go back. S- situations change. Uh, made the decision with my family to stay here. My parents moved back. I had to take on responsibilities as a 17, 18 year old that I wasn't expecting to take because in Venezuela, culturally, as a as a woman or as a woman, you don't leave your house until you get married, right? So now I'm leaving alone with responsibilities of paying the bills, of being responsible. My parents are in a different country. So now I'm going to school here and I have to perform really well. I don't want to get in trouble. I had all that pressure, but I never recognized it as pressure. I just went with, you got to do what you got to do, right? You got to deal with what you have to deal and didn't realize the the little traumas and losses that I had been experiencing. It was just this is a new opportunity. You better take advantage of it. Just go with it. And then by the time, you know, in my case, a lot of it was cultural and societal pressures that I was experiencing in terms of, okay, I had been dating my boyfriend since college. Now that I graduated, it's time to get married. It's all these expectations. And in 2012, I had the good job. I had, you know, the new cars, the beautiful house that we were remodeling on our own, uh, very handy. I had gotten married and I was taking on the responsibility at work. We were on a pretty high um, 
demanding uh, schedule for a specific project, right? We are all familiar with projects and deadlines and how we have to work really hard during this, this period of time. In the meantime, my house was completely destroyed inside because we, we had gutted it and we were doing all the work ourselves from uh, you know, putting tiles to painting as soon as I got home from work. And then my dad um, and my mom came to visit for the holiday season. And my dad had a fever for like three days, ended up having an infection, went to the hospital. Long story short, he was hospitalized for 45 days. Doctors didn't know what was going on. Now, um, my parents don't speak English. So they're in the hospital here. I'm translating. I'm working. I'm working full time. Our house is destroyed. I'm translating with my dad in the hospital. The stress was so high. I didn't have time. I, I couldn't figure out how to find time for me to like take a break. I didn't know how to do that. That wasn't part of my vocabulary. Um, I kept thinking, okay, I just got to figure out how to exercise. But still, like I, I was at lunch breaks. If I had to go to the office, I will take a break. Thankfully, the hospital was like 10 minutes on the road from my work. So I could just go pop in, figure out what was going on, what the doctors had said that day. So after that period, thankfully, my dad made it through. He got the surgery he needed to get done. He stayed at home for a few more months just until he was stable. My mom and my dad went back to Venezuela. My mom was mentally depleted. So now I was trying to like push her up and figure out we we finished the house, right? And I had taken that position of being the one that figures everything out, right? I'm an engineer. I figure everything out. The one that figures everything out for everybody and not to know that I needed to figure out how to take care of myself. So after they leave, it's like, okay, I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to start eating healthier. But I was also in a toxic relationship mm -hmm. at that point with my partner. We I had no boundaries in the relationship either. I was trying to meet unrealistic expectations. But after my body and my mind had gone through that stage, I was so depleted, so done that I started having some health issues until at one point about a year later, I had to get surgery to remove some precancerous cells because I just had been pushing for at that point 15 years of my life I had a lot of unresolved trauma a lot of things that were just bottled in they were just inside and I didn't know how to release them how to let them out how to process it so my body could have that flexibility that we talked about earlier so my burnout just came after that experience I realized something has to change because otherwise I'm either going to be committed to a psychiatric or mental health place because mentally I don't feel well or I'm just going to die from all these chronic diseases that have been linked to lifestyle, to stress, to long-term um, pushing yourself. So yeah, it, it was extremely difficult and I had to take it one step at a time, but 
I felt, that's why I said I felt so alone because I was like, I see other women just pushing through and doing that. And the role models that we have as uh, if you have other women colleagues in the industry, they're doing the same. They're pushing through. They're trying to figure it out. Nobody had that magic pill, perfect life. It was just like, well, stress is normal and feeling depleted is normal and we'll figure it out. And I'm waiting until the next vacation so I can, you know, sleep a little longer. Yeah. And yeah, it, it just, again, landed me in the hospital requiring surgery because so much had been going on and I didn't know how to take a break. And that's why we call this uh, Take a Break with Caroline and Lennis, because you deserve to take a break. What I like about what we've just shared is the difference in it, right? And that what your experience was was even still so very different from what my experience was. And yet they still resulted in generally the same outcome, which is this just overwhelming experience of chronic stress that is turning your body off, right? It is turning it off. Mm -hmm. And I hope for the viewers or, or the listeners that with that, you can understand that your own experience of burnout is valid. Like no one can can compare your experience to another experience and say, yes, you qualify or no, no, right. you don't qualify. That that it is unique. It is a, a unique experience. And something that came uh, came to mind for me as you were sharing that, Lennis, which thank you for sharing so much of that story is so deeply personal. Uh, as a woman in STEM, you look around a room and you don't feel surrounded by people who look like you, right? Yeah. And then when you are a woman of color in a room, you look around and you don't see people who look like you. And what that means for trying to, to navigate the world and without having support can be such a contributor to stress. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you feel in particular about that identity? Because we are going to talk a lot about identity throughout our, yes. our time in, in, this, um, in these segments. But what do you feel in particular about that identity as a a woman of color as a, a, a woman born in Venezuela living in America in these fields in particular contributed to kind of that that pivotal point for you yeah a lot of it was fitting in I was trying so so hard to fit in to be in the boys club um to you know pretend that my life was a certain way that I was a certain way that wasn't fully authentic because I didn't feel that I was deserving to be authentic because then I won't be welcome and I feel a lot of women especially women of color with our cultural uniqueness are struggling with that with showing up authentically because we then get the comments, mm -hmm. the, 
you know, labelings, the way that somehow we feel, yeah, we don't belong. And I think that fight of fitting in versus being authentic, it's an underlying stressor on our everyday life as you show up for work. If you feel that you cannot bring your whole self to work, that there are certain topics or certain ways that you have to dress, that you know you need to give a presentation and you're worried about your accent because you know you have it. Like, I know I have an accent because people will make fun of you or they won't understand you and you have to repeat yourself. It's all these little things that really makes us feel that we don't belong. And therefore, we're trying so hard to fit in. And that's not healthy. That's just not healthy. That is such a great place to pause because we're going to be talking in depth about authenticity and how that plays a role in our experience of burnout, our ability to prevent burnout. And recover from burnout is exploring that authenticity. Thank you for sharing your story with us, Lennis. Yeah. I think it is a story that so many share, whether they are women in STEM or in another field even, but just having that ability to say, yes, I feel that deeply. I, I know that experience of, of being unable to, to show up authentically, right? And, yeah. and not everybody shows up authentically by choice, right? And I think that's a big difference for a lot of people who fall into um, the the Caucasian category, to put it bluntly, is that we get to kind of choose in many ways what parts of ourselves we allow to be authentic in the ways that we show up. And that's a big difference is that for uh, for others, they they don't have that power of choice. And that's a good place to really start with curiosity and, and evaluate. So yes. yes, with that, <laughs> that's a nice little, nice little hook for further conversations that we're going to be having. But we have some habits to share to, to conclude today's segment. So I'll have you start, Lennis. What is a habit that you're focusing on or that uh, you have found in the past to be especially helpful for you. Yeah, I think you can just copy what we did in the last segment and just remember to breathe, taking deep breaths, learning how to breathe again. It, it just seemed like something so basic, but I didn't re- realize until I started going through my journey of getting training as a meditation teacher and trying like the Wim Hof method and getting instructions on on breath work that I was not breathing to help my uh, nervous system. I was breathing in a way that just contributed to stress. So taking deep, slow breath through Mm -hmm. your nose and actually observing your body and trying to fill up your belly first. If you think about a baby when they're breathing, right? Think they just naturally just breathe through their, like into their stomachs and like you see it rising and falling. And I was just breathing very up here, (laughs) very up in my chest and not allowing the deeper breath to go all the way through my body. So I think that is something that it's easy to implement just pay attention to your breath. And, and especially when you're going to have 
uh, stressful conversation or where you're in a meeting where the tensions are getting high, just pause and deep inhale through your nose and just relax and make the exhale a little longer. That's going to help you and do wonders. And I hope you try it for sure. The power of a single breath, the most accessible, accessible stress management tool you can find. Is yes. Yeah. How about you? What are your um, habit tool or thing that you're working towards that you want to share today? Well, my habit for this week is rooted in uh, my own burnout story because it, it is something that has been a night and day difference since I left my on-call job. And that is that I don't sleep with my phone in my room. And in mm. fact, I don't have a television in my room. I don't have, aside from my, uh, my reader, my, my Kindle tablet, which I can use uh, blue shade on, I don't have any technology in my bedroom. I mm. argue I have lamps in there and that in, in itself is a form of technology, but uh, sleeping with your phone next to you can be a trigger for stress. It can be kind of similar to if you uh, have had a child and in those early months, you're sleeping in anticipation of the child crying and meeting you. And the same is true for, for sleeping with your, your phone in the room and, and just having that like subliminal expectation of being needed. And so I love to challenge clients in this habit of even putting it out of reach. That's a great first step. Put it out of reach where it's not the first thing you grab when you wake up in the morning or the last thing you put down um, before you go to sleep. Put it on the other side of the room and then try putting it in your closet and then try putting it in your bathroom and then try putting it somewhere else. That there is, There are ways that you can organize communication if you do need to be alerted in the middle of the night for any reason. Um, but, but that's an important boundary to hold around your sleep and recognizing that no person should be expected to, to anticipate calls 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Yeah. And, uh, and so that is my habit for this week is start to implement boundaries around technology in your bedroom. Yes, I love that. Yeah, we have no TV in our room either. So I'm right there with you. The cell phone, got to work on that one. <laughs> but thank you so much, uh, Caroline, for sharing that super awesome little trick uh, and boundary. And that's another topic we'll be talking about a lot. So thank you everyone for uh, listening to us, for allowing us to share our stories. And thank you, Caroline, for being open and vulnerable about your about your own journey. We'll be sharing a lot more in the upcoming episodes. So have a great day, everyone.